Hi, thanks for joining us online. We're glad that you've chosen to access this message. It's so encouraging to know that God is using the ministry of Portico Community Church to touch the hearts and lives of people all across the world. If you have a story to share or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you at info at porticocanada.ca. To support our ministry, you can donate online by clicking on the Donate button at the top right of your screen. Once again, we're so glad that you've joined us. It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I hope you're having a great day so far. I know my wife and I, Rachel, I were so excited to be here. My name is Daniel, if you didn't catch that. Uh, very excited to be here. I got to ask you a question right off the bat. Um, has everyone started watching the Olympics? Okay. And uh, let's hear, what's your favorite sport? Go ahead. Hockey. Hockey. Of course. Yeah. What else? What do we got? Bobsledding. What else do we got? Figure skate. Figure skating. Okay. I'm sorry. Is that a sport? I just, I I'm, j- I'm joking. I'm joking. You know what my favorite is? Ice cream. My favorite sport um, for the Olympics is ski jumping. It's, it's my absolute favorite. Something about them soaring in the air and putting their arms behind them. It's, it's like a scene out of Titanic, okay? Um, has anyone ever here dreamed of being an Olympian? Dreamed of being an Olympian? Let's be honest. Raise your- Thank you for your honesty. Anyone else here? Maybe this was a dream a long time ago. You saw them and you were like, I can do this. I'm okay. So um, I don't know if you guys know this, but did you know that over the next 16 days, uh, there's nearly 3,000 people from all across the world, 92 nations that are represented in over 300 events um, in 35 different sports. And so I did a little bit of fun math uh, tonight, uh, or sorry, this morning for you. Currently, in our world, there is over 7.5 billion people on the planet. This means for you to make the Olympics, you have a 1 in 2.5 million chance of being an Olympian. Now, don't beat yourself up yet if you haven't reached that dream, for I bear good news of great joy, okay? In Canada, your odds are better you have a 1 in 160,000 chance of being in the Olympics. Don't beat yourself up. You might think these are terrible odds, but think of it this way. The odds of you winning the lottery in Canada are 1 in 14 million. Okay, 1 in 14 million. So what's our lesson today? If you want to leave right after I say this, you go right ahead. Our lesson today is invest in your body rather than throwing money down the potty. Okay, (laughs) that is your lesson for today. God bless. Have a great day. May the Lord be with you. All right. I remember when I was nine years old. I was nine years old and I was watching the 96 Atlanta summer games, okay? Donovan Bailey had a chance to win gold. Anyone remember that moment? He ends up winning gold in 9.84 seconds, making him the fastest man in the world. I remember the moment I finished watching that, I ran upstairs into my room, I got changed, 
because he was wearing this white shirt. He had these really tight, short, black shorts. And I, I, was, not, I was nine years old, okay? I, I put on these things. I roll up my, my black shorts. I go into my mom's room because she has jewelry and he had a necklace, right? <laughs> Don't judge me. I know all of you have dressed like your favorite stars at some point in your life, okay? But anyways, I, I, I put these all on, and, and I, I get outside, and I just start sprinting. I, I just give her. Anyone, anyone ever done something crazy like that before? Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. But I, I was sprinting and sprinting and sprinting. I looked like the crazy kid in the neighborhood because I just had these ridiculous outfit on, mom's jewelry running down the street, thinking I was Donovan Bailey. But I remember this one point. started getting late in the night. I had been sprinting and sprinting and sprinting, and I realized that I was completely out of breath. I was so exhausted. And if you think about it, as an Olympian, beside the fame, the glory, the knowledge of you being literally number one in the world, representing your country, to be an athlete is hard work. It takes discipline. It takes a lot of sacrifice. Now, if you're anything like me, you've probably now thrown that Olympic dream out the window. But here's the question. Should that make us or detour us away from thriving physically in life? Over the last few weeks, uh, we as a, a, a Portico church and all of our different campuses, we've been talking about how we can thrive financially, relation, relationally, emotionally. So today we're actually going to take some time and we're going to talk about thriving physically. So the first question I need to ask you, and if you've got your notes or your Bible app, please take it out. Does God care about what you feed your body? When we're talking about thriving physically, does God care about what you feed your body? In the Bible, when we look at uh, the history of Israel, we see that when God was first establishing the nation, one of his instructions in the, in the Torah was the importance of having a proper diet. In these instructions, there was a direct correlation between the food they ate and their relationship with God. In other words, how they ate, what they ate, how they prepared it, and either what they, they, they did or didn't do it made them right with God or unable to participate in worship, and even at times make them unable to participate in the general populace as well. What they put in their body mattered to God. Leviticus 11 says this, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourself and be holy because I am holy. Do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that may move along the ground. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. So these dietary restrictions that, that uh, these dietary uh, instructions that God had, had designed uh, for Israel were to help the Jews thrive physically. 
So looking at what the Bible says and 5,000 years later having a better understanding of, of the human body today, we can see that what God was actually doing in that moment was that he was ensuring the health of a nation. If you look at a lot of these, these animals and these things that God was talking about, it's really fun, funny if you kind of start studying scripture. He had three categories. He had clean, unclean, and detestable. When I read that, it's good, bad, and just gross. Why would you eat that, right? <laughs> and so I'd be reading through these detestable things, and I'm like, yeah, that's so true. That is disgusting. I don't care if it's like, you know, a delicacy. Poop is poop, right? That's gross, you know? <laughs> so anyways, uh, but God would set these, these, um, these instructions, these things for people not to eat. Anyways, and he would put them in place so that they could thrive. Because if you think about it, a lot of these animals were that, that uh, God was, was saying was unclean were actually scavengers. And they carried a lot of diseases. And God, knowing the human body, knew how the, the body needed to thrive. And so we see this played out in an incredible way in the story of Daniel. If you look at Daniel in the Bible, um, you see this moment where he's exiled and taken away. Him and his friends are exiled away and taken away to Babylon. And what ends up happening is they are put in front of this massive feast where all the royal family is, all the, the ministers and governors are. And they're seeing this spread of food literally fit for a king. And Daniel looks at the spread and he says, I can't eat this. This goes against what I believe. And they were insistent on him eating, but he refused. And he said, you know what? Here, let's do this. Let's take a test. In 10 days, let's see who looks better, looks healthier after 10 days of eating differently. You give me vegetables and water and you give them the, the feast fit for a king. After 10 days happens, guess what happens? One eats kosher, the other one eats the king's diet, and Daniel 1 says, at the end of 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who ate the royal food. All the vegans in the room, vegetarians, kosher people say, amen, amen okay? I actually, I remember once, uh, I did, uh, I did a, a thing called the Daniel Diet or the Daniel Fast. And uh, same thing happened. I took it, and I prepared all these meals. My mom prepared all these meals. It was delicious, right? And uh, I noticed that I started waking up on time. I wasn't sluggish, right? I found myself thinking better, operating better, driving better, talking better, right? In all these different ways. And I actually remember the day that I broke the fast. I had, of all things, Coke. Coca-Cola Classic. And I remember, literally, that thing going down my throat. And to the point of just pure, like, exhaust. Just sickening. It was, it was so bad. And I realized in that moment the importance of a healthy diet, a healthy uh, eating habit. 
So tech, check this out. I was doing some research for this message and found a great article at the University of Montreal regarding processed foods. In it, it said this. Chronic disease such as diabetes, stroke, heart disease, as well as obesity, amount to a public health crisis in Canada. They result in loss of well-being and uh, productive life, cause disability and premature death. The cost of their treatment is now um, an intolerable burden on Canada's health services. And here's the kicker. The disease mentioned here and others are largely preventable by healthy diets. They're preventable by healthy diets. In Genesis 2, it's, it's Genesis 2 all over again. In Genesis 2, God says to Adam and Eve, you can eat of anything, but just don't eat of these, this tree right here. And what do they do? Knowing that there were consequences, knowing that if they ate this, they would surely die. They eat it. And we do this all the time, don't we? Knowing processed food is bad and just waiting for the consequences. I was actually, uh, I was talking to someone, it was about six months ago, and they were telling me about how um, uh, their, their, a lot of the family members had like diabetes and stuff like that, and they're like, yep, just waiting for it to happen to me too. And I was like, well, you know, like there's things you can do to prevent that, right? And they're like, nope, right? And meanwhile, they're just like eating whatever they want, fast food. And sure enough, they came up to me, you know, a few months later, well, I got it. And I'm like, okay, right? Probably could have prevented that. In a lot of ways, there are things that we can do to prevent this. When I was doing my research, actually, it was amazing because a lot of these articles had a new definition of processed food. There was natural, there was processed food, and then there was ultra-processed food. Like, that's what it's come to in Canada, where it's, it's processed and then ultra. And we're putting these things in our body. Proverbs 25 says, Like a city whose walls are broken uh, through is a person who lacks self-control. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. It was a lack of self-control that got Adam and Eve in trouble. A lack of self-control that prevented Israel from being all that God had planned that nation to be. And the same lack of control can prevent you and I from thriving physically in life. We need to be intentional about this. And so I just want to clarify for clarification's sake. Am I saying that you will lose your salvation for eating something, uh, you know, for eating something unhealthy? No. God loves you no matter what. You're okay. Am I saying that you might not be able to thrive physically, you know, on a steady diet of McDonald's? Probably, right? And it's interesting because we, we read uh, when people hear about the Old Testament, a lot of the times they say, oh, it's all a bunch of rules. But actually, it's, it's a wrong definition. The Torah actually means book of instructions. So what God is saying to you is, hey, I created you. I know what's best for you. This is what you can do 
to thrive physically by having this diet. This is what will make you operate the best. And so once we've asked that question, we need to ask ourselves another question now in order to thrive physically, which is, does God care about what, uh, how you treat your body? And when we look at the New Testament church, they understood that how you treated your body was a way in which they could honor God. 1 Corinthians 6 said, Do you know, do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. In this passage, the Apostle Paul is actually talking about the issue of uh, sexual purity. You see, God created sex to be a beautiful and important part of marriage. But any sexual relationship outside of marriage, such as issues like pornography or multiple, multiple uh, partners, things like this dishonor God. It dishonors Him, and actually it ends up hurting someone else in, in the long run. Because if you think about it, when we're active like that outside of marriage, there's no commitment. There's no covenant. When, we got, when you get married, you're making a covenant to this person to never quit. There's no such thing as quit, right? And so we're making that comment. So when we're doing these things outside of marriage, there's no commitment. Not only that, but we see disease all the time. And you see personality issues. People who, um, who are willing to just give themselves over and over to other people, you see how it takes a toll not just on them physically, but mentally. And on top of this, the Bible actually says in this passage, in Corinthians, it says your body is not your own. It's God's. And so essentially what we're saying is your body is on loan. Have you ever loaned something or, or received a loan? Maybe it was a house, it was a room, a dorm, a car. You lent out your car to someone. You lent out you know, some of your stuff to someone. When you return it or you get it back, do you want to see it destroyed? Do you want to see stains all over it? I remember I once let my, uh, lent my car to someone and they gave it back to me with the transmission busted, right? There's a penalty when it comes to that, right? And it's the same thing with us and God. We need to treat our bodies the same way. You and I, when you believe in God and you accept him in your life, your body is not your own, it's his. It was bought at a price. And so we should honor God. Another thing when it comes to how we treat our body is in regards to rest. The Bible talks a lot about Sabbath, a day of rest from your work. And this is something that was designed by God for our benefit. Mark 2 says that the Sabbath was made for man. Today, we are by far the busiest the fastest moving, the go-go, quick-paced generation to ever walk the planet. 
The natural response for you and I, when we talk about our day, when we talk about our week, is what? How's your day? Busy. How's your week? Busy. Sometimes I'm tempted not even to ask people the question because I already know the answer. You're probably the same, right? Maybe some of you said that today. How's your week? Busy. Right? That's our natural response because we live in such a fast-paced generation. And as a result of this fast pace, especially in North America, we have become the most burnt out, exhausted, fatigued, stressed, and depressed people ever in history. And there was a time called the Dark Ages, okay? Like, think about that. That's the society that we live in today. And why is this? Is because we don't give our bodies what it needs. Rest. God cares about how we treat our body. Think about it. When we have a moment of rest, when we have a moment of rest and we focus on God, we find that we are restored both physically and spiritually. In fact, the Sabbath not only promotes a healthy lifestyle, but promotes something even greater as I was doing my study. A Sabbath promotes love. When we lack love, or when we lack rest, sorry, what is the one thing that gets sidelined in our life? Love, right? When I don't have rest, right, it means, and it's because I've been working all the time, it means that I don't get time to spend with my wife and child to show and express my love to them, right? Because I'm coming home, I'm busy, I'm exhausted, and I go straight to bed. It's the same thing, right? When you and I lack rest, the thing that we start to remove in our lives is love. Bill Hybels, uh, one, of my, one of my favorite authors and, and pastors, he actually refers to it as a, a personal love tank. And he says, you have to constantly fill it up. When you rest, you will fill your tank and you'll be able to give that love out Love is important. The Sabbath is important. God cares about how you treat your body. And he wants you to thrive. But here's the kicker. Remember this. The body is not meant to be worshipped. But it's an instrument of worship. The body is not meant to be worshipped. It's an instrument of worship. And I think this is actually one of the greatest stumbling blocks in today's society because we're willing to hurt our bodies or other bodies around us to attain this perfect image in in hopes that someone would recognize us. I remember in high school, me and a bunch of buddies, we got really serious about working out and and we got bigger, um, a lot bigger than I look now. This is the works of a dad bod happening right now, okay? (laughs) But we started working out like crazy, and I mean for like a good solid year. And it got to the point that we just would love every opportunity to show off, right? So it's like, we're going to the street to play basketball? Shirt off, right? We're going to the beach? Shirt off, right? We're going to church? No, no. But we were looking for every opportunity to people, for people to notice us. And you know what? The thing is, those things fade, right? 
on the health side of things, it was good. But it was for the wrong reasons. I was looking for people to worship the body and not act out in worship. Romans 12.1, it says this, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So how we eat, how we rest, how we play, how we work, how we do life should be an act of worship, not an act to be worshipped. Deuteronomy 6 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and strength. So with all of our life, every part of us, our lifestyle, our physical habits, with everything, we should be intentional about honoring God with our bodies as an instrument of worship. One of my favorite authors, uh, John Maxwell, he says, most people have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. Most people have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. So what about you today? Where do you find yourself on this hill when it comes to thriving in life, when it comes to thriving physically, what we see in Scripture? I love Paul, how he, he thinks of this in Corinthians 9. He says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who completes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I believe God is calling you and I to lead a life of intentionality, trusting that his pattern and instructions for us to thrive physically will not only bring honor to him, but also help people find their way back to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you um, for creating us. Lord, the understanding that we are created in your image. We are created in your image. Lord, and that, and that when you put us on this planet, you had a design, a purpose, and plan for us. Not to just get by in life, but to thrive in life. Thrive um, uh, emotionally, thrive spiritually, thrive relationally. Father, and, and thrive physically. Lord, I pray today that uh, as we've talked about some of the instructions that you've left behind uh, for us in your word, Lord, I pray that uh, today we would be more intentional about how to live, Lord, so that in, in a greater way we could show others how we love. God, we commit this day to you. Protect us as we go home. Um, we, we just love you and we thank you and we commit this all to you in Jesus' name. Amen.